I think we are down. We have few enough people that I was like, for sure, I know everybody's name now. And then I was reading a recap, and they mentioned somebody, and I couldn't tell you who it was. Oh. Um, but now I'm looking at the list, and I don't feel like there is a Jason on this show. Is there a Jason on this show? I don't think no, there is. No, there isn't a Jason. No, Why was that? Oh, my God. I was about to fully believe you that there was a Jason on this I show just... I had I never acknowledged. Yeah, I, let me... <laughs> There is uh, not a Jason. There was never a Jason. You're probably okay, thinking so, no, Brandon. No, guys, this no, no serious. I'm not. It's not me thinking. This is in the the Eaters recap. Um, we will protect this house. Jason yells after walking into the living room. Maybe they meant Justin. <laughs> they must have meant, ju- meant Justin. But oh, see Eater. Eater. We're all the same. <laughs> At least we're not inventing people. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I because I was I believed it too. I was like, oh man, I forgot there's a Jason still. I yes. wonder who that is. <laughs> um, well, let's do a show. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics. We are the Top Chef Podcast from the creators of Read It and A Weep. Uh, we are all different cuts, but we're all tender. And the oh. it, I think I'm a secondary cut. I think I might need a little extra brazing. Yeah, you definitely, yeah, you definitely, low and slow for Ezra. I'm, I work well with a pressure cooker. Yeah, for sure. Everybody needs to learn how to close that lid and then reopen it to keep us alive. Um, we are uh, talking about Top Chef Season 16, Episode 7, Carne. Uh, and the gang is partially Carne! here. Carne! Oh, God. Oh, my. That was too much, Kyle. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry. It, we took a week off. We took a week off, and I got a, I got a lot of energy bubbling yeah, up. You rested? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of pent up meat frustrations. Man, carne. Um, so the gang is partially here. So we have in Northern California, uh, we have Sarah Classic and Ezra. Hello. Hello. And then in Southern California, we're an all West Coast edition. We have in Southern California, we have Sarah, uh, new Sarah, and Kyle. Carne, everybody. Hi. Carne. Carne. <laughs> Uh, we're up in Portland. I'm Alex, and Megan is joining me in studios. Hello. It's good to be back in the same apartment as you, Megan. It's really good. Um, although, great job holding down the fort last week while I was recording from Ez and Sarah's house. Thank you. Um, you guys, it is... Well, before we get into any of this business we have about the episode, we have two things. First, we have to... Uh, or, or Before we get to the quick fire, we have to celebrate Brother's Elimination and Eddie's oh. kid eating caviar. We have so much... <laughs> So much to do. I had so many complicated feelings about that because I think it's very cool on the one hand that Eddie wants to like celebrate food with his his child. Like I completely understand wanting to share that impulse. Yeah. But as someone who has eaten foie gras before, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty complicated feelings. Yeah. Um, as and Sarah, as the only parents here, uh, do you feel like foie gras and caviar would be an impressive thing for your kid to eat? Uh, I mean, I am proud whenever, like, the kids just are excited to eat stuff, uh, yeah. generally. Yeah. Like, our kids are, I think we're pretty lucky in that our kids are wide-ranging in their tastes. So yeah. I think if they, I think they would both definitely try both things. Our kid right now is whining while she's eating, I think, focaccia? She's eating brie on focaccia right now. Whoa. Oh. Oh. So okay, solid. well, never mind, Mrs. Eddie. <laughs> well. I, I but guess but I she didn't... also stole that from Sarah's, uh, like, like, mouth, basically. Yeah, she also refused uh. to sleep, and then when I went to get her, <laughs> stole it from my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so she's kind of like a hamburger in the making. Or a little baby bird. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, 
I, as part of my uh, challenge to be French, uh, I'm reading French Kids Eat Everything, and one of the things is just like, hey, you gotta give it to them a lot. Like, give that food a lot more times. So, like, if you want them to like foie or like uh, caviar, say it's like give it to them like 10 to 15 times, which is like you're basically broke at that point. Yeah, I guess that was kind of what a weird. It wasn't just that they were like crazy flavors. It wasn't a super ambitious eater. It was like both of these things are expensive. Yeah. And well, the way I kind of took it is like, I'm very happy that he's feeding his child like different things. But like when you're giving your child foie gras, it's like saying, my kid's favorite music is like Chopin. Philip Glass. <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing, like he, he likes food and that's nice, but. Get him into like Brussels sprouts and cabbage yeah, and less yeah, yeah. traditional like normal foods, and then give him a chance to like dive into the uh, the foie gras and like whatever the songbirds from Succession were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where you have to like have a, a hood over your head to eat it. Yeah, oh, I would not be yeah. surprised if Eddie was giving his kid that yeah. like <laughs> in his t- like preschool lunches. Yeah, no. I'd be more impressed if you said your kid ate onions. Like that seems to be the thing kids hate. Well, here's the thing, like, I feel like all this is just, like, setting the kid up for, like, having nothing to talk about uh, with their friends. Oh, yeah, time, this is not a know? relatable kid anymore. <laughs> That's, yeah, my favorite, my kid's favorite activity is, like, uh, being ostracized. He loves it. <laughs> He's at school, like, man, I, isn't it so easy to fall asleep as soon as you get in the Ferrari? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it was, it, but also, it was nice to know that Eddie was going to win. It was good to have that out of the way early on um knowing he was set up to succeed because we got to meet his child oh yeah i was worried or, yeah or lose i guess we, we knew eddie was not in the middle today i guess <laughs> yeah. we got so many backstories in this episode yeah that's that is uh uh that's true i felt like his was the classic <laughs> top chef like call the kid i i, I although i've never heard a, a, a one before where they they offered to kiss the shit out of somebody did not love that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was surprising as a parent. More so than the foie gras thing. <laughs> oh, no. My kid is very adventurous. He tries all the swear words. <laughs> uh, also, I think that might be like too literally possible with a child. I don't know if you want. I mean, you can, <laughs> every, I mean that's, that's coming out either way. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, know, I, don't, a, know, I don't know his age. It's correlation, not correlation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. They're cute around the same time as they're also like pooping just a ton. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about the food. Uh, the quick fire challenge today was a hot brown. Uh, Great segue. You got oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Kiss I the did, hot brown out of him. I did a terrible thing. I didn't notice. I should have noticed when I was writing it, but now I feel terrible. Um, man, sorry, everybody at home for that. Anyway, you got your back. to make a hot brown for uh, Lena Waithe, uh, writer and actor of Master from Master of None, Ready Player One, and anything else that rhymes with that. So presumably also a writer from Walking on the Sun. Mm. Oh. Uh, do you th- I, I was wondering, because they didn't actually mention Master of None anymore, so I was wondering if like, they, just, they just don't is, talk is, about it. Is Master of None on the hot brown list? <laughs> uh or yeah so or like maybe they originally shot the episode bragging about master of none and then they edited it weird to have her not say it man complicated they didn't mission 
like, did they mention The Shy, her show that she created and, like, basically wrote every episode? Oh. No, they didn't They didn't mention anything specific. They just said she, they mentioned, or, uh, somebody they said said she was an actor, it. writer, and producer. And then they somebody said they saw they her said from Master Ready Player One. Oh, sorry, they, said, they said Ready Player One. I don't sure know if they that. said it or if somebody said it no, in the like, confessionals. One of, one of the boys said it, and I was like, that's a really weird thing to be a fan of her from. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. all the stuff that she's done, you picked Ready Player One. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that was how I felt as well. Uh, very judgy. Well, but it turns out, um, she loves a lot of calories at midnight. And in Kentucky, one of the things that means is turkey in sauce. So, and a skillet. And a skillet. <laughs> Gotta have the skillet. Um, and it has bacon on top, right? A hot brown is like really fascinating to me. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> um, I, it has bacon on it normally. Doesn't it have a little? That was what the thing on the top was. It was like a little, oh, yeah, a yeah. little X on top that I believe was An bacon. E- a, yeah. a bacon X, sure. Bacon um, X. Yeah, it's a variation on a traditional Welsh rarebit. That's what Welsh it rarebit is. is good. Well, apparently this is just a, a a take on that. But it doesn't have turkey in it. Welsh rarebit is vegetarian. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Man, I don't it's even. It's just some cheese and like creamy sauce on toast. Yeah, I like that. I do like, I mean, I like that they're using classic French sauces. I, I uh, especially enjoy that this that the hot brown is normally made with a Mornay because this is Bechamel month. So I was very excited to see one of Bechamel's what? small sauces. Um, is, it is? It's Bechamel <laughs> month. Alex. It's Bechamel Alex, month in the, in the Falcone household. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm trying, I, so Ezra's trying to learn to be French. I am trying to learn all of the mother sauces. So, oh, ooh, fun. So each of the first uh, five months of the year is going to be a different uh, a different mother sauce and its small sauces. So uh, I actually made Mornay sauce for the first time uh, last week, and it was totally good. Yeah. Mornay is so good. Mornay is great. It's like fat Alfredo. <laughs> Which is like, because Alfredo is a fat sauce. So it is it's like even fatter. Yeah. It is delicious. This is not, a, this is not an insult. This is like my ideal sauce yeah yeah it's not an insult just like the 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 show fat salt acid heat isn't like an insult to salt acid, salt, and fat heat. And acid. or salt acid heat, yeah. yeah they're not just making fun of those things yeah so it's bechamel month which is also the most boring sauce so you really have to do the 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 small sauces but yeah so i made i mean I'm, I'm into it i'm excited to see it come up um i would have thought brown sauce i'd be wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was assuming it was going to be a gravy yeah but it's it's What's named after the, the brown. It's the brown hotel, the, the hotel invented the sandwich. Oh, that was I knew that. You well, prob- sorry guys, I'll leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah bit, you're gone. Megan? Um, I just wanted to thank our listener CW, uh, mm-hmm. who before the season started had told us that there would be a hot brown challenge. Uh, CW's oh yeah. from Louisville, and yeah. so thank you for that. And, and thank um, you for your lineup of, of really great, like kind of edgier shows. Wait, yeah, no, no one watches the CW. Oh, the All CW. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I watch one that CW show. Which one? Uh, the Penn and Teller fool us. Oh, that doesn't count. What? Yeah, that's a summer. That's on in the that summer. That doesn't count. Their summer programming is basically the stuff that didn't make it to NBC. You got. You got it. You got to get in there with the scripted dramas. <laughs> yes, your Riverdale's. Your Jane the Virgins. Honestly, one of the best shows on TV. Okay. All right. Well, well, all Americans. Right. You're right. <laughs> You, man, you guys are such gatekeepers. I feel uh, like I watched the CW show. Everything today. It wasn't good <laughs> enough. Um, 
Uh, since we're doing fun facts about hot browns, I would also like to add uh, the cold brown is a variation with uh, uh, usually with chicken, hard-boiled egg, lettuce, tomato on rye bread served with Thousand Island dressing and according to Wikipedia is rarely served. That sounds bad. <laughs> I mean, it sounds I, like, sorry, it does. It sounds like a chicken Reuben, doesn't it? Can we, can we take like a tepid brown? Like yeah, warm kinda, brown? <laughs> can uh, think of the yeah, whole yeah, range a, of a temperatures. Goldilocks and, brown. Mmm. The combination of hard-boiled eggs and Thousand Island dressing is like, sounds I don't delicious. know, could I get on a rocket ship away from the planet that's made on? No, no, that sounds good to me. I'm into it. Also, I like that this the hot brown is listed in Wikipedia. It's tagged as bacon portal. So you can go to a whole portal about bacon. Oh, uh, the bacon uh, portal. The bacon portal definitely seems like a sci-fi show that your rocket would go through. When you rocket away from this planet, you'd go through the bacon oh. portal. Um, <laughs> yes, to that's, the Stargate that's, that's bacon like, Atlantis. <laughs> the bacon portal is like set up in the pilot episode where it's like it's like you know what like our planet is dying like we need somewhere to go and it's like wait we've discovered the bacon portal guys the bacon portal all right so i'll be on the brave mission into the bacon portal so for some <laughs> reason when everybody gets told to make a hot brown everybody's first thought is what if i changed it to breakfast so almost everything was was breakfast based there were a lot of soft eggs um I'm gonna Sarah. blame Denny's for this, I think, because like I feel like Denny's is known for their skillets, and it's a breakfast thing, right? Like, oh. I, like I don't know, like I, I just I don't know whenever you put things in skillets except for that. That's I think true. it's Denny's. But yeah, Sarah's hot brown. I was so surprised was not was just not a hot brown. It was a Scotch egg. <laughs> I mean that. I mean, as long as it has turkey and is in a skillet and has sauce, it would count. But yeah, it did not seem like to have a lot else in common. And it was part of her her smack talk because Justin has two hot browns on his menus and Sarah has one. And Sarah was like, surely I will do better than your hot brown. And then she didn't even serve it. Well, yeah. I think this is this gets into what they were talking about her food and the um, elimination challenge. Because like they kind of called out like, how she isn't cooking her own food. She's cooking it in a way that she thinks the judges want. And I yeah. think she, instead of making a hot brown, she was like, all right, instead of turkey, I'm going to make turkey sausage and make it a scotch egg that has all the flavors of a hot brown, which like I thought was kind of interesting, yeah. but it, it perfectly sums up what like the cri- the criticism Tom had for her and something I've kind of noticed a lot this season where everyone's trying to cook top chef food. Yeah. yeah. Not enough, not enough soul, you guys. Also, I think that was she made two bad sausages in the same day, and didn't she have a bad sausage two weeks ago? Um, didn't Sarah? Well, so make a bad I think the I think the bad sausage was actually bad bacon. I think it was bad turkey bacon. Um, oh. But like, I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad processed meat. Like, yeah, she's just uh, yeah. It's 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 a tough one. Yeah, it's not, it's not quite it's super tough. It. Although Justin cooked the thing from his menu, which is his food, not Top Chef's food, and he won. He did very well. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Should that just be it, where you just have an infinite menu on your on your infinite restaurants, and then you go on Top Chef, and you're like, I'll just make one of those things that I've already made a bunch of times, and like, yeah, you just, so, you just, I feel like we've talked about this before. Some people have a lot of shade when someone just cooks something straight off their menu, and I don't know. I have such I mean, mixed feelings about it. It's like you didn't get mad at like the Slumdog Millionaire situation when like his whole life had led up to like answering all those questions, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you practice. We're like mad at you for practicing before the game. Yeah, right. That's this is just. Well, it's like it's like have a back pocket dessert. You know, I think it's like mm-hmm. you have a certain knowledge base, and if it's something that you already know that you think is delicious, I'm not sure that's practically that much different than like 
practicing a bunch of recipes before you get on the show. Totally. Like more people have eaten it, but I don't really have a problem with it. If that was the only thing you did, if you were like ignoring the challenge like, right. parameters and, like, and oh, just for the second course I'm, I will cook for you my the dish. second item on my menu. <laughs> yeah, like no, I, I think that would be different, but I don't think there's anything wrong with like if it happens to be exactly what the challenge is and you're like, I got this, like why not? You know? Yeah, totally. It was a hot brown challenge. Dude has a hot brown he invented go for he it he loves man. yeah and it worked yeah um although it was also just impressive to see eddie make a terrible idea a hot brown salad and have it be so good uh, does anything I, sound I worse than a hot brown that. salad i mean well, i wouldn't call it that as by three senate okay. as three words that sounds awful yeah. <laughs> Can we rebrand it in some way? I feel like we can. We can like. I mean, he didn't call it that. Did he? Hot salad brown. <laughs> All right. Sh- well, it had like not it had like bread in it, so maybe a hot brown panzanella. Yeah. Oh, hot brown zanella. Because I know that a panzanella is technically a salad, but I certainly don't consider it a salad when I eat it. <laughs> so that if you know that it's bread based instead of like microgreens based, I think you have a much better idea of of the flavor profile. What if it's microbreads? Oh. You mean crumbs? I think that's called crumbs. <laughs> oh, Alex. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a panzanella. Oh, you should. What? They're good. It's, just, it's bread. It's bread. <laughs> yeah, as a vegetarian, like how, yeah. like that's got to be like, Is if it, I was a vegetarian, I'd be eating panzanella salads almost exclusively. So it's like it's, somebody was like, the best part of the salad is croutons. Let's get rid of the rest. Well, or it's all yeah. like, I got all this it's bread. Tomatoes. I got all this bread here. Uh, it's going to go bad. Let's soak it in stuff and call it a salad. Yeah, Man, it's like... want to have this. Soggy croutons with some greens and tomatoes and like a really nice dressing on it. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like yeah. lunch French toast a little bit, you know? Yeah, uh, it's really lunch good. Lunch French toast. Man, I I, so we need it. <laughs> We need Blueprint to come here and work on our marketing for everything. <laughs> uh, so that was the hot brown challenge. Justin wins for his menu. Uh, did not? Did he get? I don't think he got immunity. Are we yeah, done? Yeah, he, did. he, he did? did. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. good. He, yeah, we, right. we didn't talk about it, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think he did. It just didn't matter. Um, all right. Well, so he, he grabs elimination and goes on into the elimination challenge, which is missed opportunities. Um, oh, wow. Boo. <laughs> you know what? I like it because I think Tom would like it. I, I, I'm he, seeing Tom's face palm right now and he didn't. Yeah. Tom, Tom was in a bad mood. Tom is know. scratching the top of his head at yeah, that joke. No. <laughs> Tom would be so into this. Um, Wait, what do you used to think of this joke, Alex? Was it anthem gum? <laughs> I accidentally spilled a whole can of poison into it. So... <laughs> Um. Uh, so, uh, Chef Nancy Silverton wants Wait, some so, local. So I know, Alex, the only thing worse yes. than poison would be chewy poison for sure. Oh yeah, slimy poison. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So Nancy Silverton, a local chef, wants local or an LA chef, but uh, famous for local ingredients, wants local ingredients on this menu. So the first thing they have to do is shop the table uh, for local ingredients. It's sort of like table to table cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Tom like would like that, that joke. Was, you know what? I don't it. care about you guys. Megan liked that joke. Oh. <laughs> I smiled. Yeah. Um, so then, part two of the of the ingredients challenge is uh, they get a whole cow from famous Italian butcher Dario Caccini. Um, Caccini. 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 Sorry. Da- well, at least I said it with the Ch- right Ch- tone. Caccini. 
Anyway, Kikini, a.k.a. Chef Carne, uh, who is a butcher, a famous butcher, which I did not know there were famous butchers. Except he must be the one... Not in America. He must be the one that's got the candlestick maker and stuff together, right? Uh, Yes. It's it's the only butcher I know. You're really on a tear. Uh, It's him, Chef Boyardee, and Yankee (laughs) of Yankee Candles. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy Um, Yankee. (laughs) um so they uh they they go for a full beef challenge obviously brian is planning on winning because apparently he is a butcher on his days off which uh hey hard news my man uh those are no longer days off those are days on you just work two days you just work two jobs that's just a lot of work um Um, and very physical work yeah that's true exhausting Uh, life so Sarah and I uh, went to uh, Dara Cicchini's, uh butcher butcher breed place and uh, and restaurant when we were in Italy. Like you did, yeah, on our, honey, on our honeymoon. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, oh, and, and so like we know about because uh, if anyone read uh, the Bill Buford book Heat, uh, oh, this he, is the same. This is the one that Bu- Buford goes to. Yeah, um, oh, dude's awesome. Cool. I I have a picture of him. He's like he looks. He aged pretty well over the last ten years, especially considering he ate a ton of meat. Um, yes, like he is super enthusiastic. Uh, um, yeah, it was kind of messed up because so he's in Panzano. Uh, didn't know this. Italy actually has two Panzanos, uh, and so we accidentally like you found that out the hard way. Yeah, we went to the wrong place entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we went to the wrong place entirely and uh, uh, ended up in uh, like Modena, where the balsamic vinegar comes from. And then later, uh, when we were near Florence, uh, we got to like have like a side trip to uh, the right Panzano, uh, and uh, there was a lot of meat. Um, basically, you just like order like there's like I think like just like, two like menu options essentially, uh, and they're both just a ton of different kinds of meat. One was like I think like like you call it, like Italian sushi, and there's like a steak tartare, oh. um, and like there's like Italian tuna, and that was like uh, sort of like a, a thinly shredded uh, um, uh, pork type thing, uh, and they just like. Uh, all the all you can drink wine, uh, which is probably pretty cheap, uh, and like some like Wait, so, vegetables and just so salt a beef a beef for version of tuna is that chicken of the sea of the land? <laughs> it's chicken of the surf and turf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, that is so difficult. I find it annoying when there is the same street on an east and west part of the city. The idea that there are two cities of the same name sounds intentionally misleading. Yeah, I mean, we had a good time in both Panzanos, so it was fine, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, well, yeah, that's really, I mean, so, okay, so this is, like, legitimately a famous butcher, then. Uh, this, this is the is only butcher, butcher that I you know s- about. Yeah. You went to two different Panzanos trying to find him, so he's very yeah, famous. Yeah. And, it, and it was worth it. Yeah, wow. Okay, well, that's even cooler. I found him a little annoying, the way he just kept yelling carne. Um, yeah, he, he didn't well, do that only. Yeah, <laughs> they were only showing when he was yelling he probably right. said other things i think he yes. was like explaining the different cuts of meat and then his like punctuation for each of it was carne but they were doing the super cut so they could show all the chefs do their versions of it which i thought was very cute I mean, was- we don't make fun of emerald for saying bam and that's all he knows how to say <laughs> that's that's, that's mean true i miss emerald i do too where is he come back bam come make him biscuits yeah come bam back um so basically after that after that uh carne has taught everyone how to cut meat um everybody decides to blow it 
So <laughs> it was so sad. Everyone decides they didn't want to cook meat. It was so weird. So just a series of terrible decisions. So two people decide to make tartare. Although only Ugh. Brandon thought that the key was a shit ton of oil and then some farm-to-table xanthan gum. <laughs> and uh, so, quick question about tartars. Yes, let's talk does about. Does anyone does anyone like tartars? Like in this podcast and in the world? Ezra just uh, mentioned tartar. Did you like tartars? I mean, I mean that was that was that was that was like a special thing. It's not a thing that I'll ever really order. Mm. In, in, like it was that was like that was like. That kind of like got Trojan horsed in with the rest of the menu, basically. Yeah. yeah. I remember eating it and thinking, oh, okay. I see why people like this, but I don't but think not- we finished it. And yeah. I don't think I've ordered it since then. There was one other yeah, time in Denmark you had it. Oh, I did. I, I, I had like small tiny never, And then the rest I've of the podcast is vegetarian, life. so it's hard for us to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, this is not the thing. That, I think this is not the thing that would turn you from being vegetarian <laughs> to not being vegetarian. I'll just say that. You're good. I think it's a Which vitamin like, D I, deficiency, not, but yeah. <laughs> Just I don't know. I just sun. don't understand why so many people want to cook tartars on Top Chef and in the world when like there's so many, so many better things you can do with meat that's like tastier. I don't want to taste raw beef. Well, let me ask. That was going to be my question to you. Then was um, it seems like maybe if you're trying to honor some like when you're trying to honor a piece of fish, you don't cook the fish sometimes. Like is that. Is there? Do you think that's what they were doing? Is they wanted to show, like, this is how beautiful the steak is, is we can just give it right back to you raw? Or is that not how tartare works? If, if that was I, the case, I would suggest a carpaccio as opposed to a tartare, uh-huh. because at least then you're not chopping it down to, like, a mush, you know? It's like right. an actual thing that you could, like, that will fit over your tongue and you could taste. Mm. Tongue fitting is well, very important. Yes. And I also feel like... It, with beef and fish, it's drastically different because, like, the flavor you want from fish is that, like, freshness, that flavor of, like, the sea. And you get that more when you eat fish raw and prepared in, like, ceviches and as sashimi. Like, that that's a way to, like, honor the fish. But with beef, the, like, flavor that I think most people associate with beef is the smoke, the mm. the chewiness, the, like, the, the juiciness the of, like... Caramelization. I, yeah, I mean, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just like the the act of cooking beef is part of what you do to honor it, and that's what makes it taste better. Because no yeah. one would want to eat like go up to a husk of a cow and like take a bite off of it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't speak for the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> are, they, are they cow zombies? Um, why? Well, so. So that was just, it was just the fact that two of them did it made me think there must be something to it, but... Uh, yeah, yeah what a- well, I think they thought that, that that was what they were... I'm sure they thought that that was, like, a beautiful showcase of the product, but yeah. it, it looked like hamburger. Yeah, well, and, and like, apparently it tasted so, like it to one of the yeah. judges or one of the guests. Tom only had one bite. Yeah. I have to imagine it tastes so irony like oh, even yeah. really good beef right like i can't it's been so long since i've even had like steak i kind of forget what it yeah, tastes yeah i have like, to taste but... like steak likes although i have had some of those uh, irony heme burgers and i'm a big fan mm. are you into this sarah have you tried the, the impossibles we've, and the um yeah we've beyonds? had impossibles and they've grown on me i they kind of disturb me yeah yeah that's that's part of their thing uh, I, Carl's Jr. has one now. It's like Carl's Jr. sells a veggie burger that it's it's totally good and very fast foody, and it made me so happy because I haven't been able to like really eat fast food for like fifteen oh, years. Oh, my 
My king of uh, veggie fast food is Shake Shack. Oh. Because they have two vegetarian options that are both disgusting, but are so good. Because they have a deep fried portobello mushroom that's filled with cheese. Oh, I have. And then they do the Impossible Burger as well. Well, I I like. uh, It's similar. It's not the Impossible Burger exactly, but it's really close. It is a beet based burger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Anyway, the, anyway. I, I'm enjoying the heme <laughs> transition in veggie burgers, for, so it's fun for me, the ironiness of it. But yeah, this seems like a weird way to do a pile of, uh, if it was hamburger meat, which is already kind of a bad thing to serve people, but then what if it was also eel-like in its consistency? So uh, let's actually, let's talk about Brandon uh, again in, in a second. We'll come back to Brandon because I want to talk more about the Xanthan gum, but first let's talk about other people's blowing it. So uh, yes. Sarah decides to serve a dollhouse portion of bad sausage. Um, was it, it was a funny plate. Like all the judges laughed when the plate came out. It was it was a it was an amuse of of sausage. What? It just was so I don't know what happened, but that was so depressing. Yeah. At least she knew what it had. She knew it was bad. She knew the casings were bad. She didn't yeah. do a good oh, job with the sausage. But the thick casing looked so gross. So yeah. did she buy that at Whole Foods or was that in the pantry? How did that end up happening? I don't know. Not I don't sure. Know what said. Yeah. I bet it was probably in the pantry because if she was going to Whole Foods, I think it'd be something where she'd like purchase something she was comfortable with. Yeah. But it was like the thing. I don't even know if you get sausage casings at grocery stores. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, but so why? So that kind of sucks. Then, if this is just the pantry is stocked with a terrible ingredient, yeah. So yeah. then they didn't want to name names because they were not saying positive things about the product. Yeah, that's possible. Um, <laughs> uh, well, well, there was a it was a controversy a few seasons back where somebody had used several seasons back now where somebody used like was it canned oysters, and Ooh, the no. guy who owned the restaurant they were visiting was like. Just because it's in the pantry doesn't mean that it's good to use. And then later in the interviews, he was like, also, we didn't put it there. That was the top chef. The elves put in the bad ingredients in my refrigerator. You guys remember yeah. this? Great controversy. Yeah, it was like I do. I do. Something. Yeah. yeah. It was frozen scallops. Oh, frozen yeah. scallops. Yeah. And and yeah, he was like, just because there doesn't mean you have to use it. And they were like, but you have it in your refrigerator. This is on you. Uh, good days. Yeah, that was the one. It was like the Chicago season. Uh I'm blanking on... Yeah. Oh, Spike. It was how Spike went out in the steakhouse competition because he had the tomahawk chalk yeah. and the awful scallops. Thank you. Yeah, we did it. We remembered it as a team. Mostly Kyle did it. Um, <laughs> speaking of... Uh, I do remember a canned clam something, though. You remember what? I remember something with canned clams. Yeah, there was a canned... There was a, a canned mussel as a separate problem. Anyway, so uh, also speaking of uh, uh, chops, uh, in order to show that he knows how to butcher... Brian decides to take his cut of ribeye and then re-butcher it much too far and then cook it badly. He somehow managed to oversear it and keep the middle completely raw, uh, which Tom was like Im- almost impressed by how bad it was. It looked uh, like lamb chops. Like yeah. the texture was like, if it was lamb, maybe people would have liked it. Yeah, that was a weird miss. And then possibly the weirdest miss, Eric made beef tongue mousse. And everybody was confused. Everybody at that table like, was like, "This is I've never heard of liquefied tongue. What is happening?" Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't understand why people were so stunned by that. I th- maybe they were more surprised that like he only kind of gave his dish chicken pox with like the tiniest specks of it. <laughs> 
Because, yeah. I mean, shouldn't they be inviting innovation like Beef Tongue Moose? I I don't... <laughs> beef Tongue Moose. Just think of it. I just think... say that again. It sounds like hot brown salad. It's yeah. just not... I, we went. We got pork tongue at a restaurant in L.A. a couple months ago, and it was really good. Like the not me. I'm not part of the week. Yes, <laughs> <assume> not you. <laughs> uh, I mean, tongue sounds gross, but if you cook it right, it is something that has like a really nice texture. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I feel maybe it's just the fact that like they didn't expect tongue to be turn- converted into a moose because part of its appeal is kind of how it's chewy it's kind of like a bacony hammy sort of oh. mouthfeel so maybe it's the fact that they took something that should have a little bit of chewiness and turned it into something super smooth yeah that is weird is why they were confused well and it's just just to give us a little bit of daylight so uh justin did a good job on a flank steak adrian did a great job on a black and blue new york strip and then eddie blew the doors off the place with some contemporary polish cooking um, with a brisket stuffed uh, galumpki, uh, galumpki, the classic galumpki, um, and yeah, Tom was really shocked that anyone was doing contemporary Polish food. Um, and then uh, obviously uh, Eddie wins because we met his fancy ass baby. Interestingly, uh, former Top Chef contestant BJ Smith in Portland just opened a Polish restaurant here. Oh, did he? Yeah. Wow, um, sort of a disgraced Top Chef contestant. <laughs> Um, did not do super well on the show. Um, he was one of the ones, so this is one of our Portland guy a couple years ago, right after the Doug and, um, Greg. and Greg, like twofer where we had two in the top three. And then we were like, great Portland wins forever. And the next year BJ went out on the second episode and then they never had another Portland chef again. <laughs> uh, and BJ was like, he's like, has a, he has a smokehouse and he went out on a brisket challenge, uh, right away. Oh, and it was no. very sad. Dang. Well, he's uh, doing okay. He just but, opened yeah, a new restaurant. He's got a Polish so. place, so good for him. That's interesting. Maybe maybe Polish food's making a, a, a comeback. Um, I mean, maybe all, every Polish food. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. He could go to. I'm surprised that there isn't like some high Polish food, like not stone, but like yeah. hot Polish. Yeah. In yeah. Chicago, I th- maybe there is now. That's, well, that's actually, no, there is. There's a place in Chicago called Dudex that uh, opened right before we moved that was supposed to be doing like Polish Eastern European food in like the basement of a new music venue. Oh, I don't know anything about Polish food. I think that's sort of that sounds interesting, except for I know like a, a Polish dog, which I believe is just a longer hot dog at a baseball stadium. Mm. Here we call them Dodger dogs. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's very regional. Well, so... Um, I guess that so so Eddie Eddie wins for his Polish food, and then the big the the big downer is Brandon. Um, so the one thing I want to talk about before we eliminate him totally is, which, you know, it's our house. Let's protect our house. I'm fine with him leaving. I still don't like him, but uh, what a what a weird judges table with him. So I felt like he told a completely different story to Tom and Padma than he did to the interviews. The confessionals. So, did did you guys get us? Did you feel like he was lying to people? I always wonder no. about. I no? wonder about this. Like, when do they do the confessional? Because if true. they do the confessional after judges' table, then they've like thought about it in a different way. True, true, true. they have, mm-hmm. you know, when they're explaining it at judges' table, because they have a lot more hindsight and know how the dish came out came. Uh, I, f- off I think to people. 
I, I think it's a question of him like trying to frame it in the way that we know the judges want to hear where you stand by your dish. Yeah, and I always you hate say that. like you kind of like stand by your decisions and what he was saying is like I added the thick the xanthan gum as a thickening agent, not saying it's because I messed up and dumped a quart of grapeseed oil into my beef. It was yeah. like saying like I did this as for a reason, not making up for a mistake I made. Yeah, that sounds like a lie to me. Eh, I think it's 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 highlighting one aspect of your reasoning I, and I not I mentioning just, something they didn't ask about. He said, "I spilled the grapeseed oil. Like it was an accident that he dumped all this grapeseed oil in." And then at the table, they're like, "Is there oil in this?" And he's like, "Um, yeah, there's just a splash of grapeseed oil." Like. You don't have like like I compared to Sarah. So Sarah was like, "Man, that sausage did not go how I wanted to because I am a competent chef and know what sausage should take taste like." And Brandon he lied about the grapeseed oil and then and then he was like, "And I used a tiny bit of an emulsifier." And then in the interview it was like, "Yeah, I accidentally spilled the emulsifier in there." So, like I feel like you come off better if you say it was an accident. Everyone spilled oil and that seems better than you think this is what tartar should be. Yeah, I guess I I I I, I guess I've turned into the branded defender on this. You podcast, have so you're the wanna... uh, Brandon apologist. Yeah, I still think he's. I, I think he might be a secretly good dude that it just has a face, background, and haircut that is not <laughs> earning him points on this. Yeah, in, I did wonder if we put like a soft knit hat on him, <laughs> would we like him better? <laughs> He definitely got better as the scene went on, and his exit interview was super solid. Uh, he does seem like a nice guy, and I do like when somebody, especially who's like, the way he said he was like, he became a private chef because of the luxuries it provided him, and it wasn't as hard, and now he kind of is ignited about restaurants again and wants to go back to cooking his way up the ladder, and that is beautiful. I like that. Yay, yeah. Alex has come around. Nope, no, no, I still hate him, but that helped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't know why everyone wants to forgive all the bad things he said just because he hasn't said them in a while. I don't know. I, don't think, I think I think he's okay. I think he okay. has Rusty and bro face, and yeah. I think that's not his fault. Yeah, he's got I, a lot of bro faces. And I did feel weird about the line of the judge. That bothered me a little bit more. I I uh, but you know I did like when he was leaving, and him and Brian sort of like cheersed with their hair. They, they they hugged and it was like they acknowledged each other's beautiful hair and then left. Mm-hmm. It was kind of mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was funny in Last Chance Kitchen too. Which yeah. I know we will talk about in its own thing, but I thought he was very funny. In yeah, totally fine. Kitchen. All right, whatever. Oh. Brandon's fine. I'm still fine with him leaving though. <laughs> also, to talk about Eddie's winner, he may maybe got the best prize ever given out yes. on Top Chef. Oh my God, yes. So uh, he got to go to hopefully the right city. <laughs> uh, yeah he well he yeah he got a he got a, a free trip to go have an unpaid internship with the butcher which is like in his the most des- <laughs> it's the most desirable thing for chefs yeah uh, as he, I've, he's I've, staging. I've gleaned staging a is fun stage <laughs> i mean stage is worth its weight in meat <laughs> meat <laughs> <Yeah>. carne <laughs> carne <laughs> should we offer um, guys should we offer someone a stage for the for the podcast. Oh my god, we need another Ooh. podcaster who wants to come work for us for free. An exclusive week of staging for <laughs> Pack Your Mics. You it's can an help us with technical support and write up our notes and carry Maya. <laughs> 
I think it's a great idea. The the reason I know that that's a good offer is a really cool thing was because there is I'd say six frames of the most withering look from Brian. Oh, Brian was that it shattered Brian's heart. It really upset him <laughs> that Eddie got to go stage for this butcher. Oh, Brian wanted it so bad. I went back and watched Brian. it a couple times. <laughs> oh. Brian's like, I stage in my free time. <laughs> Yeah, that's I'm a stager. That's what I do. Oh uh, man, yeah, that's a great. That was a cool prize. I I agree. The, he seemed very pleased with that. What an awesome! Yeah, I'd much rather have that than like a bottle of wine the size of my leg. <laughs> it's uh, the yeah. leg size Turlato wine. <laughs> Good Turlato leg wine. <laughs> uh, it's slightly larger than a than a a, a magnum. It is a leg. Legnum. Legnum. Actually, can we do this? Like, just as a standard, that the bigger the thing is, the more impressive it is. Like, just for all foods and gifts, really. So I mean, I like, think that's mostly true. Prove me it's no, not. But, no, but like, like, like up to leg size. Like, I would like a leg size pancake instead of you know, like just like a, a bigger flatjack. I mean, leg is such a weird size because it is uh, for a pancake at least because it is so it's like narrow. You know, a pancake. Yeah. So like is that. it is it like the length, like the shape of a pancake, but the height of a leg, or is it just the know. weight of a leg? Is it just like if you put it on a scale with a leg? You know what, guys? Dealer's choice. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to try one of these pancakes. But first, uh, we have to move along. It is time for Megan's Mailbag. What? What? That was unexpected. That was a whole... Uh, song. You got a whole ding song. Not the classic ding song, not the new ding song, not one of our many ding songs. This is a brand new ding song. I feel like you're holding our friend ding song hostage. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible that I've had trouble finding it again. Uh, LA has fully sat back in their chairs at the revelation of that new ding song. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty fun. I like it. Wait, Alex, you have literally, like, hours and hours of recordings of this song that you personally have made. Yes, except that it's always layered over with us. I don't have it separated out. I don't have it on its own track. There's no masters, and there's none versions where we've never talked on it? Uh, there, might be a, there might be a master where we didn't talk over it, but there would be a lot of... Alternatively, in the Dropbox history. This is, this is not good podcast. I'm gonna stop no, the Dropbox this. history for sure is gone. But I, I could do some digging. I might be able to pull it up from one of our, our old master files. But uh, I cannot find the original file, though, or the song. I don't know where I got it. I don't know where it is. It's gone, did you we guys. we have it? We did. did. We all I, dream it? I, is this a collective delusion like the dancing plague? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess. A, I don't know, you guys. I don't know. Uh, is it the Mandela effect and that actually was the song we all remembered? Oh, that happens. <laughs> Um, we just, in our head, it's morphed over the years. And now when we hear the original, it's not, it doesn't live up to it. Well, I like this one also, but I'll go, I'll keep digging. Megan, uh, what's in the bag? Sure. Um, our friend at Chef Jim, Jim Smith writes, Carly. Oh, what up, Jim? <laughs> Carly! Hey. Oh. Jim. Yeah. Oh, Meg, will you, Megan, will you tell them how sad I was about Jim this episode? Oh, um, Alex kept forgetting that Jim was not going to be on Last Chance Kitchen and was not going to be on the stools. Like I was like, Alex, we 
we found out last time that he's not here. And then twice we'd like, I asked her, "Wait, where's Jim?" It was yeah. He he just kept forgetting. It was so sad for me. Yeah. Oh, I just kept thinking like, oh, they'll cut over and I'll see Jim's take. A- oh no. Can you imagine if they cut over and just for one shot, Jim was there wearing one of Nini's jumpsuits? Wearing a jumpsuit. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Oh. All right. Um, amazing. Well, thanks for <laughs> thanks, Jim. Miss you. Uh, J number one yeah. writes, amazing that they seem to get a talking head quote of everybody saying carne, yet no one figured out that that was the theme. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, sick, uh, sick meat, meat burn. burn. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, meat burn, put some Vaseline on it. <laughs> it does seem like they were very clear. We're doing heavy, thick beef, and then everybody makes little tiny, uh, dainty beef dishes. That It does seem weird. Mm-hmm. Um, at Hannah V on Twitter writes, it's really a shame that the Broracle didn't have his own Broracle to warn him that the tartar was a bad idea. Oh, okay. I, I already sent this back to Hannah when the tweet came in, but I, cause I, I feel like Tom sort of Broracled him, but yeah. in a way that's like in, in Tom's cursed way that is like, it is too late to change, but you messed up. I mean, that's what like, you know, Cassandra and you know, uh, she would she would say this is going to happen and no one would believe her or yes. something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a classic. Uh, and but Tom, I think you're not allowed to change the dish much at that point. I don't know. Well, and once you've once you've taken your meat and cooked it up into tiny cubes, well, there's not much else you can. That's can't true. Do you can't really it. meat glue it all back together. <laughs> um, yeah, but actually, you might be able to meet. I worked at a restaurant where they did a ribeye where they cut all the fat out and used meat glue to make a ribeye into like a massive tenderloin shaped thing. So like if he had enough time, I bet he could meat glue that stuff into some weird hunk. Huh. Was that should have made it into a heart. (laughs) Just a heart shape for Valentine's Day coming up if they're going to continue with off season holidays. I love it. Kyle, was that good? Yes, it was amazing. Like, it, it was the wildest thing I'd ever seen because, like, it, it, they took the meat and, like, I, I didn't understand what I was eating when I got to taste it, but it just tastes like a perfectly tender piece of meat with no fat through it. Is meat glue bad? What, it, what is it? Great. What's yeah. something, it's, it's a chemical that, like, when you put it on two pieces of meat, it kind of, like, reforms the bond. So instead of being, like, separate pieces of meat, it becomes one whole piece of meat again. And I don't know how long it needed to set, uh, but it, it's, like, something that allows meat to kind of reform. Apparently it's a plant transglutaminase. Oh, yes. Yes, we all know those. And it's, it's manufactured <laughs> by the same company that invented aspartame and MSG. Well, oh, they know what they're doing. Hey, we did diversify. Yeah. <laughs> they know yeah. what they're doing. These these are people who know some food science. Also, yeah. I want to come out, if anyone's wondering, I think MSG is great. And yeah, it got this... slandered in the 80s. Yes. Uh, MSG, MSG is good. MSG rules. This is the, yeah, the MSG is actually, uh, is like, uh, well, yeah, unfairly vilified seems to be, it's like, a, it's making a comeback. Because yes. of that. Put I, it in everything. Wait, let me find... There's a New Yorker article about this that's amazing. Yeah, I feel like I read that. Uh, we'll, we'll get it for the show, show notes, notes yeah. perhaps. I'll also have a link to this thing about meat glue. <laughs> wow. I, that, what I was going to say about that is, like, Tom was, like, 
angry this episode and it's been a long time since we've had angry tom but he was like really on one yeah i mean angry like dad angry yeah, dad was very disappointed in all of us. <laughs> so like, sad. we took the car without asking and we got a scratch on the door. And now dad's like, why didn't you buff it out? Like, dad is so mad. <laughs> uh, totally. At, at Leprechaun and thanks at Leprechaun on Twitter for letting me know how to pronounce your Twitter handle. Yes. Uh, writes, uh, disappointed parents judges table is yes. always rough. It's always the saddest one. Mom was mad too. Mom did not like it when we brought up Xantham gum. (laughs) But mom's hair looked really good. Yeah, uh, mom's hair. Mom had two very different haircuts in the quick fire and the elimination challenge. And they were both amazing. This was one of the strongest Padma look episodes in a long time. I actually also loved Flapper Padma. I loved it. I felt bad because I feel like in the same day, Tom probably is in the hair and makeup chair for six minutes while they just buff his head a little bit. And then Padma has to be there for hours. Just buff it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she looked. Her hair was so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I I I found that article. It's by Helen Rosner, who's a really good food writer for the New Yorker, called "An yeah. MSG Convert Visits the High Church of Umami." Uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll link it. I just wanted to shout out Helen Rosner because she's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hand me the link in the chat, and I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, Megan? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the sisters of the show, Maddie, writes in. Oh, sister of the show, Maddie. Yeah, if I remember correctly, uh, we have exclusively sisters of the show. Is that right? It, did we? Yeah, this is what we uh, figured out yeah. before. Well, some of yeah. us are brothers, but none of us have yes, brothers. Yes, none of us have brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. 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 That's so that's crazy. And that's true with Chris and Tanya, too. Man, what are the odds of that? Like one in eight? Uh, it multiplies out. It's yeah. actually a bit... Well... Uh, One in 16? That's of nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, oh. thanks thanks to Maddie for writing in. Uh, she writes, Eddie grows on me every episode, but especially this one. I'm proud that he trained here in Providence at Johnson & Wales, and he has my bet to win this season. The only question is whether the Top Chef elves will be too nervous that he won't be emotional enough if he wins and purposefully keep him out of the, <laughs> out of the finale. How can you think Eddie emotional. would not be emotional enough? Eddie, Eddie cries when he thinks about a challenge. Eddie's I, like... I think... What? He got one compliment from Lena Waithe and he turned like white, pale as a ghost. Yeah. yeah you just have to know how to read him. He's like an octopus, you know? Like there's very subtle changes in their appearance that indicate their mood. And once you get to know them, then you know how that octopus is feeling. Yeah, I and guess, I think well, I guess it's, the same he way. He doesn't emote. He just is constantly a ball of nerves. I, and I was confusing those two. Mm-hmm. He's a shaky ball of nerves. And I assume that will come out as tears at some point. Yes. Well, it's sort of like, I mean, I think the thing that's interesting is like emotional, like a roller coaster, it can't, it has to move. It it has to have some variation, you know? Like if it's always the same shaky ball of nerves, it's not really a roller coaster. It's sort of just like, you know, in park. Yeah. Um, Jane writes, uh, Eddie's this is my happy face talking head needs to be a meme. (laughs) Uh, Jane also writes, I want everyone in the Last Chance Kitchen peanut gallery to wear coveralls every week. Oh, I liked it so much. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, Nini may be out of the competition, but she is winning the season. Yes. Uh, We also have um, some comments on last, uh, our last podcast. Uh, Meredith writes, uh, just a reminder that we learned. Oh, actually, this is, I think, about this episode. Uh, just a reminder that we learned. Oh no, no, this is this is about my. Sorry, this is from last week, which is when I said 
stupidly uh why is everybody making liver mousse why their first thing for everybody is mousse when they think of this pairing with liquor that is that normal Mm -hmm. and this is just one of the most uh just perfect emails response for me. So I really appreciated this. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Meredith. Uh, just a reminder that we learned that the fattiness of liver mousse and foie gras pair well with hard liquor back in season three. Uh, insert product placement for Bombay Sapphire gin here uh, in the mm-hmm. quick fire. When Dale tells us in the confessional that the first thing you need with liquor is to cut the heat. Afterwards, Casey wants immunity and then pits Joey and Howie against one another by under-seasoning her duck. <laughs> but enough chefs were left in, in that apparently we did not give Casey the Nick Elmy treatment and she was consoled after the elimination, not vilified. Oh, interesting. Um, I do not remember Casey's full moral journey, although she's been on the show so much that it's hard to remember all the way back to her early season three days but yeah i did not remember that le- lesson that fun fact from the bombay sapphire quick fire in season three but that totally makes sense to me now and uh what a good what a good bit of learning not through culinary school but just through earlier top chef seasons it was i really appreciate it yeah thank you Meredith. um i uh, <laughs> at, at sorry i read ahead <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this, made me Alex, laugh. This, this is a pre-reaction from Alex. Yeah, yeah. At Kitty Kitty Meow Meow on Twitter writes, don't lump all of Ohio in with the scary Cincinnati chili. <laughs> <laughs> I like that so much. It's just as weird to those of us from Northeastern Ohio as it is to the rest of the country. Now look up Gotea and you'll see how terrifying Cincinnati really is culinary wise. Sorry, Cincy. Um, Gotea? Yeah, so I looked it up. You did. It what is, is it? A meat and grain sausage or mush. Ooh. Mush mm. of yeah. German inspiration that is popular in the greater Cincinnati area. It is primarily composed of ground meat, pork or pork and beef, pinhead oats, <sighs> and spices. Huh. It doesn't but look appetizing. Sounds... But you know what? That's kind of like a very classic thing and similar things are all over like the northeast i feel like especially like that sounds kind of like scrapple to me it does it looks a little scrapple i don't want to conflate them of course but yeah They're, yeah. they're very different things, but it sounds like a similar idea where yeah. it's like that's a good way of using up a lot of odds and ends yeah mm-hmm. yeah make true. a meat bread i'm also- like meatloaf you know, it's, or yeah. meatballs. Like those are all ways of using up scrap meat oh, and that's true. crumbs and rice or whatever you have around. I'm just impressed with how many regional dishes there are that I had never heard of. I think, like the <laughs> fact that Cincinnati is known for multiple disgusting dishes is so interesting. Good job, Cincinnati. Well, disgusting to us, and not also to, to at Kitty Kitty Meow Meow. So we're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, also Kitty northern King, Ohio is yeah, we'll <laughs> uh, yeah, I that, I just I'm just surprised to learn about all that. I, I just never you never hear about Cincinnati chili, and now all of a sudden oh, I you know hear about, about it. You hear about Cincinnati chili a lot in the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, that's, maybe I guess, it's not like nationwide, but like Cincinnati chili is a capital T thing. There was yeah. a whole restaurant devoted to it for a while. Oh, well, man. Skyline, yeah. Um, I. 
am not interested in Cincinnati Shelley. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> take away. Uh, Joan writes in, uh, and uh, last last uh, episode we were talking a lot about the structure of Last Chance Kitchen with the yeah. uh, veterans uh, being involved in Last Chance Kitchen and coming in mid season, and we fr- and then it being like broken into two chunks. There was the veterans, get, and then mm-hmm. you get in, and then there's a second round of Last Chance Kitchen for just people on the show. Um, mm-hmm. And Joan writes in and reminds us that. Uh, really, the structure was very similar last season. <laughs> Look, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, yeah. I forgot. We yeah. listened. We listened to the podcast last week, and Sarah and I were both like, "Remember last year, though? Yeah, <laughs> like we should have been there. We should have been there. Yeah, you should have. We need Sorry, it. Guys. This is why we have uh, eight to twelve people on the show every week. Is as a team, we remember everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but it's sort of Most the time. Leanne went home. Uh, uh, a week later. For medical reasons, really oh, early on. Right. And so, yeah, I totally forgotten about that. I forgot about that too. Yeah. She was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And they made her cook on top of a mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she couldn't do the altitude challenge. Oh man. Oh my god, that no, was she, so nuts. She did do the altitude challenge, and then she came back down and was like, I can't feel any of my oh, arms or yeah. legs. Oh man. That was like one of the most intense challenges ever. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one where they were at thirty five million feet. And in the snow. In the snow. And they had to camp overnight. It was terrible. <laughs> oh, the snow one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, the snow one wasn't the one where they lied about how high they were. It was the, that was a different that episode. That was the Telluride. Yeah. But, the they, were, but uh, they were at really high altitude. Yeah, and that's why it was snowing yeah. in the middle of the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> oh, man. The, oh, and then uh, um, Carrie made a snow cave oven and everybody was so impressed. Oh, yeah. Snow cakes. So snow cakes. Oh, yeah. Oh, good times. Uh, Joan also writes, hashtag justice for ding ding. Yeah. Um, And finally, uh, thanks to our college buddy, Marty, for writing in. Uh, What's up, Marty? Yeah, she wrote us a nice long email. Thank you so much. And uh, she also has some comments on the mailbag song. Uh, I do have to chime in on the mailbag song. I love the ding 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 song. It was appropriately catchy and annoying at the same time. I'm in full support of its return. Sorry, Chris and Tanya. I feel this season's tune is a little weak. <laughs> However, the ding, ding, ding song does come in second to the inaugural season of the mailbag when Tanya was hosting. The office bell with an attempted chorus of mailbag was charming beyond words. Aww. I think this was in part because Tanya is just charming. Yeah. And her genuine work towards coordinating the mailbag chorus the entire season I much enjoyed, <laughs> even though it sometimes felt like it was very stressful for her, which somehow <laughs> added more charm. It was a moment every episode for transformation and growth. <laughs> Will this time be the time that they get it right? I think I remember one time it was coordinated perfectly and still remember feeling a sense of satisfied accomplishment as a listener over the moment. Oh, Thank you, Marty. That is the most wholesome viewing of that thing that was ruining Tanya's life. <laughs> uh, well, I do appreciate it. I hope you enjoy today's differently annoying ding, ding, ding song. And uh, we appreciate everybody who writes into the mailbag. It's so great to hear from all of you. You can always send us email. Uh, what did I say the email is? A mailbag at packyourmics.com. You can also send on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. Well, you can also send podcasts at redistribute.com. That was the like catch-all. But anyway, mailbag at packyourmics. Also, Twitter and Facebook and on the web, packyourmics.com with our shiny new website. Um, and we appreciate all our mailbag. Real quick, before we go, it's time for Last Jumpsuit Kitchen. Yay! And your slime starts Zip. now. <laughs> so uh, we are in uh, Tom is in full dad jokes mode and also in his full level of discomfort when uh, to make up uh, for Brandon's slimy tartare. Everyone has to cook with Tom's least favorite things, slimy things. 
including okra and uh, uh, snails and mountain yam noodles, which I'd never yeah. was not familiar with. Staple, staple but of the of the mountains. mountain giants. Yeah, <laughs> Tom was as uncomfortable with slimy ingredients as he was the time he had to eat tarantulas. He yeah, was he visibly upset. Yeah, I, I really wanted tarantulas. some. I wish uh, Jim had been there to like reference the tarantulas because if he had been there, he mm-hmm. would have known Top Chef lore mm-hmm. and yep. said, "Hey, Tom, at least it's not tarantulas." Yeah. <laughs> he told Jim. What did you say, as? Just, I'm kind of curious, like, would slimy tarantulas... Oh, would that make, make it better, better or worse? Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. feel like Tom's a two-wrong-makes-a-right kind of guy. I feel like he would prefer me for three wrongs. <laughs> slimy tarantulas, they're now leg-sized. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, my God! Listen, it's called Eight-Legged Freaks, and it starred uh, David Arquette, and we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> uh, well, now I need Do to Do we Google put them it, in a Mornay sauce yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you got me back. I feel like, but what if we added three wrongs is like the Ezra mantra. <laughs> that is the most Ezra thing you could say about that. Um, I, I this is just like this is just why Last Chance Kitchen is so good. Uh, this episode was so perfect. I love take your mistake and double down on it. Um, yeah, I loved that the table was covered with just weird green uh, play doh <laughs> that Tom used for a hilarious sneezing joke. <laughs> Oh, I missed that. I oh, fell asleep. Yeah, we watched this late last night and Sarah was dozing. It, uh, we drank a lot of red wine and I fell asleep. Tom, Tom just comes over to the tables for tasting and goes, <laughs> chew, and then throws a piece of green slime from the table. Uh, and it was gross and, and weird and funny. And yeah, Tom. Pablo did not appreciate it. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, but so we had that, plus we had the antics on the stools where uh, uh, th- uh, three of the four chefs were dressed in jumpsuits and it turns out they didn't independently bring jumpsuits they all got to hang out with nina and borrow okay. hers nini nini sorry nini. nini and borrow hers and it was just 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 a mess of jumpsuits it was so fun yeah. slime and yeah, and, yeah it, it was, was a very stylish time i mean no offense to past seasons but it was the Kind of like best looking peanut gallery. <laughs> I I love when they coordinate. I love that when it seems like the eliminated chefs are having fun, because uh, it seems like otherwise being held prisoner in that hotel might not be the most fun. And they were they were doing yeah. it. Um, and also I like both chefs like did a pretty good job with slimy ingredients. Also, I do love mm-hmm. on Top Chef where your challenge is to make the ingredient nothing like itself. This was mm-hmm. the cook it out of there. And uh, oh, also I loved. Pablo came in and was like immediately okra and he said in the interview was like I knew the first chance I got to cook okra for Tom I was going to do it because Tom hates it and that's that's a that's a lot of heart on that kid I liked that I like it it's like you know what you eliminated me if I can't win I will make you suffer <laughs> you eliminated me already twice and today a third time the least I can do is give you okra yeah, it was, I don't yep. feel bad about that it was so fun uh, and then yeah and apparently and then uh, Brandon just just cooked the shit out of mountain yams and made them not slimy and made it really good. Although yeah. it was such a fake out when Tom was announcing the winner. Cause we all know that like, yes, it's famously his least favorite food is okra. Yeah. And he goes, you know, I, the person who won 
changed my mind about a, a food that I really, really hate. Yes. And so I was like, oh, it's I'm Pablo. I'm sure Pablo also felt like okra. it was Pablo. Yeah. That was brutal. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because we, we didn't like, know. Then it's, Tom looks at Pablo. He's like, that was for the okra. <laughs> I don't keep on messing with you, Pablo. <laughs> I'm inside your head. Yeah. I man. still don't get that about Tom. Like, okra's good. Like, just cook mm. it right and it tastes good. Like, you don't have to fry it to death. You can, like, cook it a lot of different ways and it has a great, like, verdant and spicy flavor. I, that that blind spot. Very tasty. That blind spot of Tom's is totally irrational. Yeah, and I say I, that as yeah, an extremely picky person. I just had it for, I think, maybe one of the first times. I can't remember where we were, yeah, but I was like, what is this? And you were like, it's okra. It's totally good. And. And I was like, it doesn't taste slimy. I don't know if it was just prepared really well, but... I, I mean, know. I also feel like I could eat a slimy thing. I don't know. But it but it wasn't... I don't know. Slimy yeah. is not the most unpleasant texture for me. Um, no. What is? Quick, name it. <laughs> Ezra, there's no way I'm telling you. Well, I'll have to guess. <laughs> that feels I'll like a trap. You. This feels like if I tell you I'm going to wake up with a leg-sized of that thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, no, I mean, I like so I don't like beets, and that is uh, irrational, but it's... Oh. I know it sucks, and I'm sorry. I feel bad about it too. But uh, I like, I, I people can have blind spots. I I feel I like every mayonnaise. Yeah. So or, for example, you're or, blowing it on mayonnaise. Or as chef would pronounce it, I owly. <laughs> I owly. <Yeah. laughs> it was something last year's kitchen where he said aioli, but pronounced it a owly. Yeah. yeah, I totally noticed yeah. that too. Megan was mad about that. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of everyone has just you. You could have one thing you don't like. That seems fair. If you, and even yeah. if you're a world class chef, you, you you couldn't have like five things you hate. That would be make you like make you kind of a bummer to be around as a chef. But yeah, you don't like okra, you can probably survive. Yeah, that's true. And it's just fun to have it be a trope on the show of people making him okra. He's had a couple of people make him okra that he liked. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. probably would not have been the first one to show them it's, it's possible. But he, and even when he likes it, he's like, but I still don't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Begrudging. Yeah, begrudging. Um, it, well, I, I, I enjoy it. I feel like, what is there, 32 more episodes for Brandon to get through? Um, you know, maybe. I feel bad for Pablo having been eliminated so many times, but I hope they're just all like pretty chill about it in Last Chance Kitchen because no, yeah, most of you aren't getting back on the show. Point. Yeah. Pablo uh, seems like the type of dude who'd rather be competing more than sitting on the sidelines. Well, I, yeah, I, I sure. just think like he, that his that's his attitude. Yeah, I'm sure that's true, and I'm sure that's true of most people. But like, um, I hope that everybody's like, look, even if you win, you got to win so many of these. It's never going to happen. Even Tom saying three people came back through Last Chance Kitchen is a little bit misleading because only one of them had to win more than one round. Two of the three people who came back, I believe, won that right away. Yeah, including last season. Including last mm-hmm. season, yeah. But it was just it was, it was a single episode and then back. There's only uh, Kristen's the only one who's like climb who's clawed through Last Chance Kitchen to to win the season. And she only won like maybe three. Yeah, it's not like she she didn't even win as many Last Chance Kitchens as brother did last year. No, no, that record might stand for a while, brother. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> it makes me laugh because he's still lost. Um. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Megan is laughing, but she doesn't want to do it on the microphone. She wants to be perceived as nicer than me. Just so you all know that. It's still working. Is inside Megan's heart is dark like mine. Okay. Yeah, I, you, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's lying. I did not spill grapeseed oil. 
into that <laughs> silence. It has just a tiny bit of a multiplier. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, does anybody have any final thoughts or predictions for us as we as we head out? I got a thought. Yes, let's hear it. Because we're not we're not at the halfway point, but I feel like we've gone far enough into the season to have some assessments of how the season's going and how who we like. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's talked about how she really likes this season. Yeah. And I counter that I do not like this season. Oh, interesting. And I think like the challenges have been good, but it, it and it's going to sound like I'm just parroting Dad Tom. But I independently had this thought 48 hours ago. Uh, but it, I don't think that there's anyone on the show who, like, whenever they cook a dish, I'm excited to hear what they're cooking because I believe I'm going to like it. Because everyone is – there isn't, like, a very clear voice – or not not voice. It's, like, no one has a very clear style that they're cooking with each dish. It, they seem to be cooking to the challenges and to the show. Uh, and it's not something like I felt last season. I liked chef Joe Flam because I dug his type of Italian and like my gold standard is always going to be chef Kevin from the Vegas season. Cause every time he was making pork and kind of Southern influenced food, but elevating it. And it, it doesn't seem like any of the chefs are, have that very strong style or voice that is connecting all of their dishes mm. I, think I felt like nini kind of had that yep yeah i feel like the people yes. did like they just kind of got eliminated right and i yeah. feel like nini eric was has the only some ex- of the that exceptions. yes i just don't know enough about the type of food he's cooking to yeah. have the like the to know what the things he's making taste like I but i think the, he's i think doing the gold well. standard for like a consistent style has still got to be carrie because she made toast for every style. meal, yeah, it was a toast style. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I agree with you. I think it's a very good point. Um, however, looking at the list of remaining chefs, I like everybody a lot. I am happy with this group. I enjoy. I feel like, and there's a lot of strength in here. Um, there's people I've liked since the beginning, which is very fun. Um, mm-hmm. There's people who have like grown, like Eddie's grown on me. Um, I guess I don't. I forgot David's on the show, um, and there's Jason, but uh, everybody else Is I like. <laughs> no, there's not. But I like everybody else on here. I'm excited for everybody's stuff, and I, I feel like maybe this is the good. This one shakes them a little bit, and they next week and on they they cook more uh, stylistically to themselves, and that that could be I very hope effective. So. I also think that's compounded by the fact that Restaurant Wars was so early and yeah. they don't yeah. have a chance to develop like how they cook in the competition yeah. and they're forced to kind of like do the art by committee approach and make a camel restaurant where mm-hmm. they're all doing something that they think is good and is halfway between what they want to cook and what actually it's just like it's a thing of like too many too many cooks. Yeah. I I get it. Uh but yeah, when it's later in the season, people have developed their like style more, and from being in comp- in like challenges against them, the other chefs know them and can kind of put them in the place to succeed with the stuff they choose in Restaurant Wars. So our final thought, Kyle's prediction for the future is that these chefs will cook camel. Yes. Before that's what I took away from that. <laughs> They're going to travel to arizona that's where the finale is going to uh-huh, be and they're uh-huh. going to cook the red american camels of arizona excellent it would be I, great if it was yeah the food and wine and camel festival <laughs> we just never it never came up before but it actually has always been part of it 
I'm really excited just to see uh, what happens when they go to Bottle Rock and those fireworks go off from stage in the middle of them cooking. From the uh, intro? That looks or, intense. Or right? when Wes Anderson has his first movie? Bottle Rock? Yes. Oh, Bottle Rocket. Oh, there's an extra letters. Yeah, right. Well, if any of those things happen, we will talk about them next week. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts at home on whether or not you feel like uh, this season is impressing you. Whether you're enjoying it. Are you on uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah's side or Kyle's side about whether you were having fun? <laughs> and can we prove Kyle wrong? Can you tell? Can we show Kyle that he is actually having a good time and he just doesn't realize it? <laughs> that's the challenge i'm having a good time i th- i like everyone it just feels more like a reality tv show than what i love from top chef because like yeah the best people on top chef i'm like i want their food and i'm not i haven't thought that a lot in the last i thought that episodes. about michelle and i was right yeah yeah so good from barzona it was great you did oh good yeah oh delicious good 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 um yeah i, I don't no one else you're right there's no one else that i'm like definitely need to try your food for sure um although I, i'm curious about hot browns now i guess um i'm gonna find like a vegetarian hot brown that's what i want it's called welsh rarebit well well yeah that would, that would do it all right well anyway enjoy the rest of the last uh, week of bechamel month everybody and we will be back next week talking about the show leave us your feedback packyourmics.com um chris in absentia i'm sorry to tell you this uh you were brought back on but we have defended this house and you must stay gone. So take that. It's more fun when he's here. You're right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for talking to us. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to us, SoCal. Yes. Course, thanks for having to. us. And thanks for talking to us, NoCal. You yeah. guys said Nor, I think. Yeah. I've always been displeased with that lack of symmetry, but I understand. You want SoCal then? Yeah, I guess SoCal and NorCal or no, Sau- SoCal and NoCal. Or well anyway thanks for talking to us sure uh we look forward to getting a stage to help you with the baby thank you i can't wait and megan let's continue to live here sounds great all right we'll talk to everybody next week <laughs> bye bye, bye. bye. bye.